Now, what is the use of this? If you look in your book on page 263 at syntax, at the bottom, F, there is an independent usage, and on the next page, at the bottom, toward the bottom, on page 264, there is a dependent usage. You're not going to have to learn the dependent usage at all. Just the independent usage. And this is actually very straightforward and simple for the optative. Now, uh, Joel, did you say you had the Machen text? Uh, who, somebody had a Machen textbook that they used, didn't they, in here? Okay, uh, well, in this very standard old textbook, they hardly give any play at all to the optative. And a lot of people will say, well, the optative's really receded. It's not used much. Hey, there are 76 optatives in the New Testament. So if you had any word that was used 76 times, you'd figure you ought to know it. So 76 is a lot of times. There are a fair number of these around, even though... By comparison to classical Greek, it's nowhere near that. I'd say it's a tenth of what you'd find in classical Greek. Now, we're going to be doing the independent uses. Let's always remember what we mean by independent. Independent means it can be the main verb of the sentence. If it's dependent, it can't be. Examples from the subjunctive. Independent usage. Let us go to the movies. Dependent usage, if it rains. That's a subordinate clause. See, that's not a, that's not a dependent usage. It's, I mean, an independent. It's dependent instead, not independent. We are talking about ones that can be the main verb of a sentence. All right. Now, let's take... Um, uh, Let's take ephagon from estheo. This is an aorist optative. And here's all you gotta know. There will be something like this on the finals. Here's all you got to know. It can appear in one of two contexts. Either with the word on or without it. The top one doesn't have on in the sentence. The bottom one does. What's the difference? The top one is a wish. May he eat good bread. May he eat good bread. The bottom one is a statement of possibility, which is this. He might eat good bread. He could eat good bread. See, he might eat good bread. It's actually the back half of a conditional sentence that sounds like this. He might eat good bread if he should have enough money. So the one with on is called 
the potential optative. He might eat good bread. The one without is the optative of wish. May he eat good bread. Now, Wendell, if we had a silver bullet here, we'd say this is the silver bullet. Okay? The presence or absence of on. With on, you get the might idea, so to speak. And without on, it's just a wish. So if we would have, may he, let me use a present. We'll do a little whoop-de-doo here. May he continue to drink good wine. All right? If his wife gets a decent job, he might continue to drink good wine. All right? So it's actually that straightforward. What we're looking at here is identification. You're not going to be asked to conjugate the verb in the optative. But you should be able to identify the verb forms. So it, when you have oi, it's normal. Present optative, aorist optative, epion, epion. Tithemi, I'm sorry, um, estheo, estheoi, present optative, ephagon, phagoi, aorist optative. Now, bits, here's the part you're going to like best. What did we say about final oi and i as far as being long? for accenting purposes, right? Okay? And they are short always for like nominative plurals. In the optative, the oi and i are long. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm yep, and the these are long. This is why, for example, look in your book on page 262. This is why on 262, on the weak aorist of leo, li sai, or in the present, li oi, those do not have circumflexes on them. The e, see? Because the oi and i are considered long in the optative. So, um, you know, if you see a form like this, Lysimetha, here, there you are, that's an optative, an aorist optative. Lysimetha, that's a, these, these are middles. Aorist middle optative, present middle optative. So, reviewing again, without on, the optative of wish. May he do something. With on, hey, he might do it. And that's really what there is to this. There is, I'm sorry to say this, this always betrays my enthusiasm for this, but the neat thing about the optatives is what you don't find in the New Testament, which is they were used to replace subjunctives in subordinate clauses in a secondary sequence. Now that is good. All right? So, as an example, Newt, huh? this, 
this, I mean, this is so exciting. I always, I, I always think I'm not going to put this up, and then I think, no, you've got to show this. Here, supposing we say this, he is coming, Erkatai, in order that he may see the Lord. All right? Is this a primary or secondary sequence? Primary, because I have a present or future tense verb, right? Now, in classical Greek, when this went into the past, he came, now we have a secondary sequence, he came in order that he might see the Lord. That's why in English we go from may to might. We are actually mimicking Greek. He is coming in order that he may. He came in order that he might. I mean, I, I don't think in English anybody necessarily has to make that move. I think that's a bunch of classicists imposing that on English. But this is exactly what, what that would be there, is the optative replacing a subjunctive in a subordinate clause in a secondary sequence. And this was done all the time, and it's one of the reasons why the optatives were so common. Because they were used in this replacement kind of a way. And as a matter of fact, if you wanted to be, remember, you know about this, Steve. In German, you know how if a newspaper is reporting about something and they say, you know, der Führer, Zage, they use the subjunctive, said that, you know, all right. This is the same thing that happens if you have something like this. He said, Ipen, he said that, he said that he had come today. He said that he had come same run today, like say earlier today. Okay? He said that he had come. Now, if you want to report that and you're not vouching for it, he said that he had come today. Optative, indirect discourse in a secondary sequence. He's, he said that he had come today. I can't vouch for that, but he said that he had come. So, uh, there was this constant effort to replace indicatives and subjunctives and secondary sequences with the optative to kind of cast, if, if you needed to cast doubt on the situation or not, you couldn't vouch for it. 